0: Hi, I'm Breck, and I'm Sally, and we're two friends that wondered why it was so hard to make friends
1: as we got older. Join us each week on Bask in Friendship as we explore friendship themes and tips on forging better bonds. We believe female friendships are going to save the world. Welcome to Bask in Friendship, or welcome back if you've been here before. We're so glad you're here. Let's get right into it today. As we've done more episodes and covered more friendship-related topics, we started to see a few parallels arise across different types of relationships.
0: Yes. We started to notice that a lot of the things that make for a great relationship exist regardless of the relationship type. So whether it's romantic or platonic, that things that make someone a really great half of any relationship are in part human nature, yes, but mostly they're skills that people develop. Absolutely. Like any skill or muscle that needs strengthening over
1: time, it requires practice and patience and sometimes finding new techniques. That's where today's topic comes into play. The five love languages is a book and concept developed by Gary Chapman. I'm sure some of you have even heard of it. It's its subtitle being how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate.
0: And some of you are like, wait, what, Uh, where are we going with this? And I want a friend, I don't want a mate, and we get it. And that's through this conversation, we learned that one of the techniques for fostering real friendship is in sharing and being receptive to what your friends need. And so this concept explores the notion that people give and receive love through different ways, five different ways specifically. So there's words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. And these five ways of giving and receiving love apply to any relationship. It's about how people individually express their care and would be most receptive to it. So
1: cool. I mean, it just gives us one other way to think about our relationship. So, so Brack, have you explored your love language and have you found it totally shows up in both your romantic relationship
0: and your friendships? I have. Um, I will say that Physical touch for me doesn't apply in platonic relationships. So that tends to be um, where I have a, like my third language in friendships tends to be more in gift giving. Like I love giving my friends tokens. Um, And, you know, I'm not giving my friends something extravagant, but I love that like exchange. Like I, I remember you, like I thought of you, but predominantly I'm words of affirmation and quality time. Um, I recently retook the test in anticipation of this, this podcast. And I realized that quality time dropped a couple rings. And I think in my personal relationship is probably because we've spent so much time together that I don't value it as much just because I have an abundance of it. Um, But what about you, Sally? What have you been?
1: Yeah, I mean, I learned early on that I'm absolutely the giver and receiver of love through the sharing of gifts, primarily, and then secondarily in words of affirmation and acts of service. Um, In the early days of my relationship with my husband, man, I wanted... all all the things. I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? Um, I've definitely come down a bit as of now and actually evolved a bit through conversation with him and working through the, why don't you always tell me how much you care dialogue? Man, we we always want those words early on in a relationship. Now I'm definitely more of a giver of
0: gifts, but like to receive through acts of service. Um,
1: And, you know, that dynamic definitely shows
0: up in my friendships. It's interesting how like we witness this in both romantic and in friendships. Yeah. Well, for
1: our purposes here today, we're going to leave a physical touch up to romantic relationships and talk about the other four, because after all, this is a friendship podcast. So let's think about the four love languages of friendship here to talk more in depth. We're so excited to have Mackenzie Dunn talk to us about this topic. Mackenzie is an editor with The Editorialist, formerly with Hello Giggles, and has recently written Friendship and
0: Loneliness. Mackenzie, welcome.
2: Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We're so glad you're here. We'd love it if you could introduce yourself and give us some background on your current headspace in relation to friendships.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, as a writer and editor and just human being, um, I'm constantly having conversations with both friends and colleagues about, you know, what plagues us most in life with friendship being a main point of self-consciousness for a lot of people, I think women in particular. Um, and I'm also a, an SEO specialist, which basically means that in coupled with personal experiences, I use search data and trends to inform the kind of content that I research and write. Um, and one of the really interesting things that I found very early on in the pandemic was that search around the word loneliness spiked to an all-time high. Um, And this also came with searches that people were typing into their search bars um, of things like how to deal with loneliness and how to make friends as an adult, uh, both spiking up as much as 200% and remaining pretty high even now as we're sort of trying to find what this new normal looks like. So that kind of coupled with my own experiences with friendship and change over the last year um, was what really compelled me to write about it. And something I just find so fascinating are interpersonal relationships and how that all kind of ties together.
0: It is so interesting. Thanks for sharing that data because I think there's two things interesting about it, which is that you said like an all-time high, like no one has ever searched for loneliness as much as I have now. And that a lot of it, that the search data stabilized, like it hasn't, it wasn't a blip, it didn't drop. And so it, it, that leads me to believe, make the assumption that people are still trying to figure this all out. Like we haven't found the solution if we're continually searching for this. Um, As just like a human who, per, who recently moved yourself, um, you have some relationships that need upkeep. Has, has this been like brought, to your mind lately as well? Yeah, for sure. So not only did I just uproot my whole
2: life, um, I was in New York city for many years and I currently just moved to Florida about six weeks ago with my fiance. So learning how to navigate that. Um, but also I'm getting married in the next year. So having to evaluate my friendships is Almost more front of mind now than it's ever been, but I also don't think that's unique. As I was just saying, because of the pandemic, I think for everybody, friendship and the people that matters most to them are extremely front of mind. It's like who was there for you over the last year? Who did you reach out to and call the most? Who was the person who would get on those Facetime and Zoom calls with you? I think that it just became so apparent, you know, the people that were really there for you, and also. The difference in communication that we had to kind of adjust to to maintain those relationships
0: for sure do you subscribe to the concept of like the love languages like is this is this like a a, like a foreign concept when we start talking about or is this something that um, that you you've also seen or maybe have looked into at all before
2: I love the love languages. I think I was first introduced to them by my mom when I was a teen uh, because she's also a huge fan. So we did our research then. I think they're super interesting because they apply to all relationships, as you guys were saying, both romantic and platonic familial relationships. Uh, And it's just such an interesting way to get to know yourself better, to get to know the people around you better. And I also think they can change, right? So Thinking about the last year, thinking about how our priorities have shifted, you know, people who were quality time people had to shift the way that they achieved that and they filled that bucket or that need. So I personally love the love languages for that reason, just because I think that it it allows you to really get to know yourself and the people that you love on a really deep level. Do you have any experience in even communicating
1: about love languages, either with your fiance or friends or even with your mom? And like, did that
2: help deepen your, your relationships? Yeah, for sure. I think that I was a crazy person and I made my now fiance, then boyfriend take the love languages test. I think on like our fourth or fifth date, which was objectively way too (laughs) early to do it, but I'm so into them. And I just had to know like, what was the best way to communicate with this new person that was in my life. Um, And I think that taking the test is a really cool way to do it. I also think that it's a cool way to just kind of, even if you don't take the test with somebody, to have the knowledge about the love languages yourself, and then to meet somebody new or get to know somebody new and think like, Hmm. Like maybe they're acting this way because their language is different than mine. Or maybe I see this kind of action as, as the manifestation of them showing their appreciation for me in this way. And, um, and I think that's super interesting. A lot of my friends are, have the same love languages as me. I don't know about you guys, whether it's kind of like a, checks and balances, like sometimes opposites attract in that way and different, um, different languages kind of complement each other. But I always find that interesting too.
0: And you didn't share what are your, what are your love languages?
2: I am definitely a huge words of affirmation person with my friends. Um, I actually just did my bridesmaids proposal boxes and I sent them out to my five closest girlfriends and you know, it was a box full of like little trinkets and things. But I think the thing that the girls really liked the most was the handwritten notes. I find it my way of expressing my love to my friends is to give them those really deep compliments. Not like the, I like to call them like the girl in the bathroom compliments are like, I love your shoes. (laughs) I love your dress. Right. Like to write to somebody and say like, I value you in my life because of this, like your personality. I honor this part of your personality because of this. You know, I feel like as women, we don't get that enough. And as friends, it's so important to say that. So for me, I'm I'm a huge word affirmation person with my friends and I need it too.
1: Do you, do you think they all receive it? So speaking about their love languages, like, can you tell that maybe it's even a range of how they receive it? And like, has that even changed what you have done with them over time?
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like some people are just more comfortable being vulnerable and being emotional and showing that side. I definitely am, especially with my friends, which is why I'm willing to write a super sappy, heartfelt note to them. I think that they all appreciate it deeply. I think that the way that they're able to like reciprocate might be differently. Like the girls who call me on the phone immediately and I'm like, oh my God, I just got your card. And I'm like sobbing, it was so amazing versus the ones who like send me a text with a bunch of exclamation points and emojis. You know, I I know that they all appreciate it, but it's definitely, you're so right. It is interesting the way that people receive those languages differently. And then again, how they're able to reciprocate them back or show you, that they appreciated it in a different way, and that's important to remember because everyone's
0: different. Yeah, I think it's also a good example. Um, as a words of affirmation person, also is that like m- my female relationships, the thing that makes them so great is like I think women are just inherently better communicators. Um, sorry, controversial, not controversial thought. Um, and that. Women, I think, are better at expressing these things. Like, I, lo- I love that you said that because that's the kind of compliment that, in my experience, I, I would love to have gotten from my husband, but I will never get that from him because that kind of depth of communication and that like emotional vocabulary is just different. And that's what I think makes it really special about having like with girlfriends and feeling like safe and you acknowledging that. I'm sure that's like a very, very special thing for the people to receive if they also feel. Like words of affirmation are important.
2: Yeah, that's so interesting what you said about like your husband too. Because you're right, I think it's kind of like the men are from Mars, women are from Venus idea too. Like just speaking different languages and and learning how to navigate what that looks like in any relationship. But with women in particular and that ability to the, the way that you get close with friends in my opinion is by being vulnerable and kind of breaking down those walls. And again, everybody does that differently. But when you're able to achieve it in whatever way that is and kind of enter into that safe space with somebody, I feel like that's when you get that kind of bond that you are like me, I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to have you in my bridal party now. <laughs> you know. And so going back to
1: what you were um Sharing when when we first heard you um, about loneliness in um, the last year, do you have any tips for that are really craving that quality time and maybe again have even done a Google search on loneliness or how to make friends during quarantine? Like, what have you seen has worked or what hasn't worked?
2: Yeah, I think that like we said, loneliness is not something that's new and it's also not something that's going away. And it's so funny because it's like that saying, like you're surrounded by people, but you feel alone uh, in the fact that nobody is alone in their loneliness, if that makes sense. It's it's such a shared human experience that nobody wants to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel for those people who are typing into their search bar and I'm sure I've been guilty of it at some point too. And what you will find in, you know, any article, it's not necessarily going to give you like the solution, because there is no solution. It comes, it comes down to you. And I think making that effort and finding the outlets that work for you. Um, for me, I am somebody who will, At the end of a work day, I will make it a point to call somebody or FaceTime somebody no matter where they are, particularly my friends and family, because it makes me feel good and it makes me feel connected. But I also understand that sometimes people aren't really in the mental space to even really want to pick up the phone or write a text message. Sometimes that almost feels like too much effort. Um, So one of the things that I've also found that was really helpful in the pandemic and is still helpful to me now, surprisingly enough, are... Is like social media, but not social media. Like lots of Facebook groups, for example, that are geared around women who are either in the same stage of life as you, or in, they're in the same location as you, and they're maybe in the same demographic, and they're looking for the same things. Sometimes you don't even have to interact with these groups. Sometimes you can just go on and you can see a post from somebody that resonates with you, and you're like, "Oh, cool!" Like there are people around who are willing to do things. There are people who are feeling the same way as I am. And just little things like that, I think can make you feel a little bit less in your own head and also like takes the minimal amount of effort for you to feel again, less alone.
0: Yeah. I think community is a big piece. Um, And like looking, thinking about your search data, I was also looking at it through this lens of the love languages. I wonder how many people are quality time people, which is why this was like such a monumental blow. Because if you can't face like in have in face conversations. Like that would of course make you feel lonely if quality time is like your number one priority. Where if like if I'm not quality time and my friends and I can still talk all day on the phone, I don't feel lonely. It doesn't matter to me. Like I didn't see them. So I do I do wonder if there is some tie there. Um and that's not really a question. It's just more of a pondering but um you know it, it does make me wonder if, if that has something to do with the way people express love and for you as someone who's moved, I would imagine some of your relationships have have evolved to deal with like the distance. How how are you like handling that on a personal level?
2: Yeah, I would say while words of affirmation is probably my first love language, quality time is definitely my second. Um, And while it's so important to me to have those face-to-face interactions, I honestly feel like in the last year, I'm almost self-conscious about having them because I haven't had that quality time in so long that, you know, picking up the phone and FaceTime has become so much almost more natural than the face-to-face stuff. But I think that now, again, as we're sort of moving into hopefully this new normal and this post-pandemic mindset, people are, I've even seen since I've moved and I'm around a whole new group of people, I've seen a lot of people making more effort for that quality time in person stuff. I've seen people almost like more willing to meet people and approach that person who looks nice at the community pool or something, you know, as opposed to maybe before, because we're really craving it after, after this time. So, I mean, for me, I, I, I'm working personally on um, reaching out more and creating those in-person interactions after kind of leaning back on the calls and FaceTimes over the last year. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I just got so used to them. So it feels like that's normal. And I feel like seeing people in person, I'm like, Ooh, I used to like that. Right. Like, do, do I still like that? Like, I do. I just have to get into that mindset once again. I think once I'm there, I will feel great, but I'm working on getting there. And I think a lot of people are probably in the same position. Same, totally.
1: I'm I'm definitely in the mindset of I'm just gonna like send a package and on FaceTime and like this is the way our relationships go. Um, and I also moved right before the pandemic. So I mean, there have been people with nice, friendly dogs that my husband and I have been like, we should be friends with them. Like, we're like, maybe we should invite them to a picnic. Like, let's do it. But there's definitely an activation energy right now that um, we're just not there yet. And, but there's, at least there's conversation like you even sharing right now, like we're, we're opening up about this not being Quick and easy. This is a bit of like maybe fits and starts, and like thinking about it and the mindset of it, and like let's just try and hope that it's received, and then we can maybe move forward. But this is definitely not easy.
0: Yeah, same. I I, I, I like that you brought it up because I actually have noticed that people in like my immediate community of the like two things I leave my house to do, just like <laughs> uh, <laughs> those people are so much more friendly than they have ever been. And I think it's that point of like, people don't have these just random conversations. And so we're so like starved for, like not everything has to be deep. Not everything has to be my best friend, but like, let's just talk about something, anything with someone new outside of my house. And it's been really nice. But like, to your point, I met um, a really good girlfriend of mine who was in town. I met her for dinner and that should be something so exciting. And I was riddled with anxiety. Cause I was like, oh, I don't know. Is this good? It, 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 Cause it doesn't like t- to Sally's point, like it's like fits and starts. I'm like, I know it's something I used to like, but now it feels strange. And like, do I leave my house at 7 PM? I haven't done that in so long. It felt odd. Uh, which is a weird thing to have like resocialize yourself. Yeah. 30s. I think,
1: I think that suggestion Mackenzie of like, remind yourself of who you used to be or like routines or habits or, experiences you used to really enjoy and like, cause maybe this is also an opportunity for people to not put everything back into the life that they once had. Um, but to calibrate and to say like, I didn't actually like that, or I did, um, and to just be really careful, but mindful about what you bring back in, but to even consider that that's an option now it's like, okay, time to start thinking about it and ease back in.
2: Yeah. I think especially after, leaning so deeply into your super close friends, right? With like the people that you've known for many years and have been the ones who you've probably called bunch during this time. Um, after a time of like keeping contact with them, the thought of making new friends feels a bit daunting because it hasn't really even been on the table in the last year. It hasn't even been an option. So now it's like, okay, I, I'm I feel very close and connected to my close friends who we did lean on each other during the difficult time, but then now that we're going to get back to quote unquote real life, uh, we have to also make friends in our own respective areas. And that feels a bit daunting for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, Mackenzie, you are like friend goals, everything that you've shared about who you are as a friend. So thank you so much for sharing your perspective and
0: experiences with us.
2: Thank you guys. This was so nice. It was so
0: fun. Um, Mackenzie, if you have any thoughts, because I love your bravery of giving your boyfriend this test on the fourth date. (laughs) Um, It's also like a test that he might be be a good one. How would you address maybe talking about this with your friends? Like if you wanted to, like, would you just bring it up to someone? Would you like suggest they take the test together? Do you have any thoughts? Like, and have you given it to a friend?
2: Yeah. My best friend and I, like I said, we, most of my friends, I would say we speak very similar love languages and that's what works for us. Uh, my best friend and I have definitely taken the test together. Um, like even within a few months, because we're like, oh my God, did it change? Like, let's see, like, how does this work? So I've definitely it with friends, but I think that there's a way to also bring it up while not bringing it up and just asking somebody, what do you need from me? You know, giving them the opportunity to express themselves what works for them when we have conflicts arise with friends or we're not sure how they're receiving something that we're trying to communicate. Just throwing it out there and saying, "What do you need from me?" Um, puts the onus on them a little bit and, and it gives them the opportunity to do some introspective thinking and think, "What do I need from you? What would be helpful in this friendship and how can we facilitate this together? Um, so I think just asking the question is easy way to get to it, too. I love
1: that. And that's like so simple and so clean. And it could be on a little video or an audio clip or a text or whatever your best means of communicating is during this. Um, so great. Thanks, Mackenzie. For sure.
0: Thank you. Um, if you liked getting deep with us today, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. send us a note if you and a friend want to share your friendship story with a broader audience, and we'll see you next time on Baskin Friendship.